One more time, if you would. Amen, amen. If you would, open your Bibles with me to the Gospel of Luke, the first chapter. reading is going to be quite lengthy this morning for the sake of the text. I'm going to read in your hearing Luke, the first chapter, beginning at verse number 26. We'll conclude at verse number 38. Luke, the first chapter, verse number 26, it says, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel of the Lord came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus, and he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord of God shall give him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there shall be of no end. And then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. From this passage of scripture, we like to take for a title for this message. A divine revelation from God. And if I could give it a subtitle, I would give it, this is more than just a gender reveal. It's more than just a gender reveal. The Bible tells us and demonstrates to us that God is speaking to us through his son. We're going to take a look 
at this text in the Gospel of Luke. But if I can reference back, we'll go to another book, a book of Hebrews, because I find it keenly important that we understand the revelation of God and how God speaks to us during this time. The rebel, in Hebrews, the first chapter, it reads like this, it says, and God who in sun-dry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers and the prophets, and hath in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. So in other words, it was by the prophets that God spoke to the people prior to Christ coming on the scene. And it was an effective way of speaking, but it did not hit home like it does up underneath the savior of the world coming into the world. Because now we have what's known as the written word of God. This is, this is, this is Jesus Christ right here. These are the words of Christ. This is, this, 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 this is God's word put on paper that we might have it forever. For the Bible says that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall last forever. And so nowadays God deals with us differently than he dealt with the prophets of old. Now we have the grace of God. And it's all predicated on what Christ came into the world to do. And when Christ came into the world, he came into the world when God saw fit for him to come into the world. It was God that had a divine date in order for Christ to come into this world. But understand, he had a divine purpose. And that purpose that he would take away the sins of the world. In the Gospel of Luke, we see that. We see that Mary, this virgin, which God had prepared to be the one that would birth the Savior into the world. There's some significant things that we need to understand about Mary. And the first thing we need to understand about Mary is that Mary was faithful to God. She showed some type level of faith that God could trust her. And understand, understand that, that they, even though some people have elevated Mary to a, to a height that she should not be in, we cannot slight Mary in any regard. Because God had a choice of any woman in creation that he could have chose to bring the Savior into the world, into the world, but he chose Mary. And he chose Mary because Mary had been prepared. He had prepared her for this. And no doubt this was a shock to her. And I, and I, heard, I heard you sing the song, Mary, did you know? Well, a lot of it, yes, Mary did know. Why? Because the angel had revealed it to her right here in this text. It had been revealed to her of what her status would be. That she would be a vessel because that's all she really is, is a vessel. She understands this. But understand this, that, 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 that accepting this, this thing that, that the angel had brought to her, this assignment that the angel had brought to her, 
could come with some consequences. Because her and Joseph were not married yet. They were basically engaged. But it was a binding engagement. And they were to treat it as such. In other words, there was to be no relationship with anyone until the marriage feast had been done. And so this angel, Gabriel, this messenger of God, comes to Mary. And quite naturally, she's afraid. And the truth be told, most of us would be afraid if an angel showed up at our door as well. But understand that there's a reason for this. Because angels represent the majesty of God. They, 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 they are holy beings. That their main function and job is to praise God 24-7 all times of the year. And here Gabriel is one of the highest angels. Gabriel is an archangel. And his job is to be a messenger for the most high God. And much of the same, much in the same way, we've been challenged with the same thing here on earth. All of us are messengers of the most high God. All of us have a message to take and to give to somebody. What, what, what is the message that you're giving? How, how, how are you delivering the message? Are people afraid when you come in their presence? We have a message of hope. And, and that's what Gabriel came to give. He came to give a, a message of hope. This is the second time that Gabriel has come, right? Because earlier in the chapter, he goes to Zechariah. And he prophesied to Zechariah. He said, he said, your wife, Elizabeth, who was well beyond childbirthing age, will give birth to a son. Zechariah was so messed up by this. To where he questioned the angel of the Lord and he struck him with dumbness until the son was born. So, so, so at this point right now, when Gabriel comes back this second time, Zechariah still can't speak. Because he doubted what God had said. But here Mary, perhaps one of the most important times and encounters of her life, is given this news that she would be the one who would carry the Savior of the world. Just focus on that for one minute. Think about the magnitude of something like that. What, what, what type of mother will I be to God incarnated in the flesh? Think about it. Every mistake she made, Jesus knew before she made it. Every sin that she committed, Jesus knew. Every wrong thought that she thought, Jesus knew it. This is the undertaking that she's taking when she accepts this. And so here, she tell, he, he tells her, there, there, there are certain things that you're going to see from this Savior of the world. The first thing is that she tell, he tells him that, that, that he'll become the son of the highest. 
In other words, there will be a majesty about him. But if you look at the life of Jesus, if you look how he lived, he did not live like a king. He did not live like he, he, he was royalty. But yet he was still king of kings and lord of lords. Because he came in a whole different way. He did not come to appease the eyes or the flesh. But he came that he might be able to touch the very hearts of men. This is how he came. He came to not only be that, but he came to be the savior of the world. And understand, Mary, that you have been favored by God. You have been favored by God. And not just favored by God, but God, you've been highly favored by God. And I know some of us are walking around talking about, I'm blessed and highly favored. Well, you ain't no more favored than Mary was. God chose her. She didn't choose him. He chose her. And he goes on and said, not only are you favored, he said, but God is with you. In other words, God will be there with her. No matter what she came up against. And as you read the story and you go forward, you'll see the struggle and the circumstances that she came up against. But every step of the way, God was with her. Listen, what, what does that say to us? You know, because, because all of us that have been blood washed and are saved have been favored of God. Whether you recognize it or not, whether you know it or not, you got the favor of God on your life. God has favored you. There, there, there's some stuff that you didn't even deserve that God gave it to you anyway. Why? Because it was based on your relationship with him. He favored you. And it don't matter if you don't give God no praise for it. It don't matter no more because I praise him for it. I thank God for the favor that he placed on my life. I, I, I know that I don't deserve it. I know I don't deserve it. But God gave it to me anyway. And it's not based on my performance, but it's based on his love for me. Because he loved me so much. And I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't know why. I don't know why. He loves me. I don't know why he gives me what he gives me. I know how unworthy I am. But he still. But he still loves me. He still favors me. He's still with me. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. It's for that I'm grateful. A sense of gratitude for what he's done for me. This message is a message of hope. It's a message of salvation. Mary is a willing vessel. And I just pray to God that, that, that God, when God brings it to me, that, that, that I'm a willing vessel. 
That God, know whatever you ask of me, whatever you would have me to do, God, I'm here. I'm willing, God. Be it unto me. Whatever your will is for my life, God, I'm here. I avail myself to you, God. Then he says that Mary is blessed. God has blessed us. Each and every one of us have been blessed. If you're here today, if you're sitting in these pews today, you are blessed. God has blessed you. And I, and, I, and I, for the life of me, I, I, you know, I mean, sometimes I know, you know, the, the, the tears flow, but I, I just can't help it sometimes when I start thinking about and reminiscing about what God has done for me and where he's brought me from and how he's secured me, how he's, how he's, how he's given me his spirit. I just, I just can't help but. Because he's been that. He's been that good to me. He didn't have to do it. But he did anyway. That's really what this message is all about. It's all about the Savior coming in the world. But it's all about this one vessel that has surrendered herself to the work of the Holy Spirit in her life. And even when Mary did not understand what was going on, she didn't understand how this could be. She said, how could this be? I've never met or had a man before. How in the world am I going to have this child? And the Holy Spirit tell her that it would be the Holy Spirit that would overshadow her. This word in the Greek overshadow means to envelop. It would consume her. And it's important that it's by the Holy Spirit that Jesus came into the world. It could not have been a Joseph baby because if it had been, he would have been born into sin. And understand, we don't know, there's nothing in Scripture that tells us how this happened. All we know is that it happened. This is one of them faith things. You got to trust God at his word. The Bible says that she was a virgin and that the Holy Spirit overshadowed her and she became pregnant. You, you keep sitting there trying to make scientific sense out of this thing. God is beyond scientific sense. Because he tells us in this text. And he reminds her that you, were, you know your cousin Elizabeth was far beyond childbirthing age. But yet and still she got pregnant. And he follows it up. He said there's nothing that shall be impossible with God. And listen, that, that, that speaks to you. You believe in God for some stuff. Understand, there ain't nothing impossible for God. Keep on believing God. Keep on asking God. Keep on trusting God for whatever it is you're asking him for. Because God is well able to do it. In, in other words, take the limits off of your God. Take the limits off of God. He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can even ask or think. God is able. Yeah, 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 listen. Your, your circumstance may look bleak right now, but that's all right. Keep on praying. Keep on trusting. Keep on believing him. Keep on standing in faith. But you Don't you dare give up. You see, because when you give up, you give in to Satan. That's what you do. But every time you keep getting up, when he knocks you down, every time you keep getting up, you give up. 
You give him a black eye in the name of Jesus. Yeah, Satan, I think you hit me with your best shot, but I'm still here. Still standing. Because there ain't nothing too, possible, too hard for my God. My God can do anything. And I'm just foolish enough to believe that there ain't nothing that God can't do in my life. So, 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 there's time that I will ask God for the impossible. I'll go beyond the normalcy of asking God for things. I'm asking, Lord, give me this mountain. I'm asking for things that seemingly impossible. Because I know that he can do it. I've seen him do it. I've witnessed him doing it. Mary has questions about this. You say that I'm going to have this child. I don't even know a man. I've never had relationships with a man. How is that going to be? The mention here is that the Holy Ghost will overtake you. It will overtake you. It will impregnate you. And you'll give birth to this child. And so Mary submits herself to this. In that last verse, she says it. She says, and Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. In other words, she's submitting herself to the word of God. And here's, here, here, here's the key here, is that, 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 that we all must submit ourselves to the word of God. You see, because it's the word of God that has the final authority. If you want to continue to let God bless you, you must submit yourself to his word first. In other words, you must be obedient until what his word has said before God begins to open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings to you. It don't just come automatically. It's birthed out of our obedience to God. Out of us surrendering ourselves to God. And then the thing that I love about this, that, 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 that even in her submitting herself to this, this scrutiny. I mean, think about it. Think about it. This, this, this is a difficult time for her because she, she's got to go back and tell Joseph. You ain't the baby daddy. How in the world do you go back and tell Joseph that I'm pregnant? And it ain't yours. And I, 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 how do you do that? We understand that God is still in control. Because God goes to Joseph himself and tells Joseph that you ain't the baby daddy. I'm the baby daddy. But I, I do, I, I applaud Mary for accepting this task. Because you see that even in accepting this task, Mary still finds and sees a cause to praise God. In the 46th verse of that chapter, let me read this praise, this praise song that she had. It says, and Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God's Savior. She recognizes that even she needs a Savior. This is an indication that she knows that, that, that Jesus is not only our Savior, but he was her Savior as well. He said, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. 
For behold, from henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. Mary exemplifies a, a spirit of humility. She, she, she humbles herself. She said, listen, I'm not really worthy of this, but God, because you said it, because you did it, I'll receive it, God. And this is how we, this is how we respond to God. We're to respond to him in a praise. When God gives us an assignment, gives us something to do, we're to respond with a praise of thanksgiving to God for what he, that he's allowed and he even entrusted us to do what he's asked us to do. And when, you, when, you, when you've been called to work for God, you need to respond appropriately. And say, God, thank you that you even considered me for this job. Thank you for considering me for this assignment. I, I give glory to you because you didn't have to choose me to do this. And I wake up, and, and, and sometimes it's hard. But I thank God for the opportunity to pastor this church. I thank God for that. Because God could have chosen anybody. He could have extended his hand to anybody. But God, you chose little old me. I, I, I didn't come from a favorite background, much like Mary. I, I didn't come from a pedigree of preachers. It's not where I came from. I was just a little homely boy from Hamtramck. Didn't do much. Didn't say much. But God chose me. And so I wake up in the morning and I'm grateful. I'm thankful. But God, you even even choosing me to even to do this. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why you chose me, God. But Lord, thank you. Thank you. I praise your name for it. I glorify your name for it. I get like Mary and begin to, to, to write songs unto God of gratitude and thanksgiving for what he's done for me. Look at this. For he, have, he is mighty, hath done to me a great thing. And holy is his name. Listen, you see, everything goes to God. Yes. Nothing comes to her. Everything goes up to God. Yes. It's in his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arms, and he hath scattered the proud in the imaginations of their heart. This, this is Mary's song. This is, this is Mary's song to God. It's a song of gratitude. Being grateful for what the Lord has done. Jesus came with a purpose. And understand that Jesus had to be born in order to die. He had to come down just like in, and be born just like us in flesh. He had to bore flesh just like us that he might be able to identify with us. Jesus did not come down here a grown man. He came down here as a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. He came through a birth canal just like I did. They did. They laid him in a manger. They came, the, the shepherds, the lowly shepherds were the ones that were there to worship him and to praise him. It was the lower state, those of lower state that came. Jesus was not born in a palace, he did not have a kingdom that it can be touched with hands. But he came, he was born in a stable. Yes, he was wrapped in 
swaddling clothes. These clothes were medicinal. They were like bandages. Because indeed he would heal the nations. That's what he he came to do, was to heal the nations. He came to give sight to the blind. He came to unstop deaf ears. He came to feed the multitude with two fish and five barley loads of bread. He came to demonstrate his deity by walking on water and calming the raging sea. This is what he came to do. He came to show us how to live a life of faith, trusting in the Father who is above. That's what he came to do, to worship the unseen God that we could not see with our eyes, but yet he still trusted him. He taught him to pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. There's a relationship now between God the Father and God the Son. Much in the same way, we have the same relationship with the God the Father through the God the Son. For Jesus declared that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He came for that purpose. He came that he might show us how to live down here on earth. How to love one another. How to pray for one another. How to bear one another up. How to help one another. That's what he came to show us. But when it came down to his purpose... His purpose was to die for us. And so Jesus even showed us how to die the right way. Yes, they took him. They marched him from judgment hall to judgment hall after falsely accusing him. Marched him on up to God, God the hill. Convicting him like he was a criminal. Even though he had did no sin, he had done no wrong, yet still they still convicted him. He went on up Golgotha's hill like a king, like a champion. And he poured every whip Every beating, every spitting in the face, even the plucking of his beard out, he buried for us. He did it for us. They nailed him to a tree, nailed him in his hand, nailed him in his feet, put a crown of thorns on his head. He died on Calvary's cross. I tell you that he died for your sin and for my sins. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. I thank God for Calvary. I thank God for the death of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross. But I thank him even more because the Bible said they put him in a bald man's tomb. And he stayed there all day Friday, all day Saturday. But early Sunday morning, he got up with all power of heaven and earth in his hand. He died for our sin, but he rose for our justification. And he's sitting on the right-hand side of the Father. He's making an intercession for us. He's still yet praying for us because we still need to be prayed for. You you, you can't pray like Jesus can pray. Jesus knows what we stand in need of. He loves us that much. He's always mindful of us. For the Psalms it says, What is man if thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visited him. I don't know what it is about us, but we are the apple of God's eye. God loves us so much. He gave his all for us. He gave up everything for us. But he rose victoriously. And he's sitting and he's still praying for us. He's still loving on us. He's still giving to us. He's still blessing us. He's still with us. 
Because he's coming back again. He's going to come back again. He's going to crack that sky. The Bible said that the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then all of us, we which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with him in the clouds. We're going to be caught up. I'm ready to be caught up with Jesus. He's coming back to set up his kingdom. Thousand year reign. And I want to reign with him. I want to reign with him. But I understand if I'm going to reign with him, there's going to be some suffering on this side. I know that. I know, I know that there's some things that I'm going to say. But I'm, I'm willing to suffer for you, God. I'm willing to suffer for you. Because you gave your life for me. You gave your life for me. It's a divine revelation. Came straight from heaven. God wants you to accept his son, Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you have not received Christ in the free pardon of your sin, yes, please stand to your feet. If you have not received Christ, and what I mean by that, let me make it plain to you. I'm not just talking about in your mind. I'm not just talking about having a knowledge of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about having a real interpersonal relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. Here's what it looks like. The Bible said that, that if thou will confess with thy mouth and believe in thy heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto Jesus Christ. Our Lord. Let me break it for the ones who, who perhaps are not in the church. What he's saying here is that, 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 that you must open your mouth and confess Jesus Christ as Lord. Secondly, you must believe it until you get right. This is, not about, this is not about you just believing it and you still remaining the same. No, God wants to make all things new for you. God, God wants to change your very life. He wants to come in and he wants to make supernatural changes in your life. And he's the only one that can do that. Give me a cheer out here. He's the only one that can do that. There's no one else that can do that. You can't do it. Listen here. If you could have done it, if you could change your life, you would have done it by now. But, but we, we were powerless to do it. God's word is able. The spirit gives life. God wants the spirit to overshadow you. Just like he did Mary. He wants to birth in you a new life, just like he did Mary, and put the baby Jesus in her. That's what this whole salvation experience is about. God is trying to impregnate us with his word that he might generate a new life in you. You can come. You may be looking for a church home. Maybe you might want to consider this one here. It's a simple step. A simple step of faith. Amen. You may be seated.
the Pastor Minor and the entire Macedonia Baptist Church, we have come in uh, as a candidate for baptism. We have Christian Lake. We also have come in by Christian Experience, Corey Smitherman. Thank you, Sister Scott. Please stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Let me start with the hard one here. This is my challenge here. I've been waiting on you. I'm glad to see you come, okay? So you won't let Uncle Terry baptize you? You've accepted Jesus Christ in your heart? All right, all right, all right. Come on, give the Lord a hand, hand clap of praise. Corey, we'll be praying for you, man. The word has been out, man, that you've been struggling some things. We're here for you. We're gonna put our arms around you. And listen here, we're gonna come through this together, man. We're gonna come through this together. Amen. Amen. Listen, that, that is our whole objective here. Our whole objective is to bless. Bless the Lord. Listen here, we love you. And I promise that if you come, we'll be here for you. I, I can promise you that. If I have to be here by myself, I'll be here for you, all right? Love you, man. To Pastor Minor and the church family of Macedonia, we also have come in by, uh, as a candidate for the baptism, we have Ian, is that right? Ian uh, Tucker. All right, come on, little man, come on, stand up. Listen, let me tell you, you and your brother, man, y'all bless my heart every Sunday. Every time y'all see me, y'all run up to me, you give me a hug, and I, I don't forget that. I appreciate that. You want to make the Lord your savior of your life? Yes. You ready to get baptized? Can I baptize you? All right. Okay. That's it. That's all I need to know. Okay. Listen, you guys go have uh, over here and uh, go with uh, Reverend Register. He's going to have prayer with you and have you fill out some documents. Okay. And Dr. Barron will be reaching out to you too. Okay. All right. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Glory to God. While, while they're finishing up that, just want to make an announcement, a correction in the announcement that was made this morning. We just got the notification. The Metropolitan District Youth and Youth Auxiliary presentation that was going to be done this afternoon at 3 p.m. has been postponed until a later date. So if you was going to venture out to the Metropolitan District Youth and Youth Auxiliary presentation this afternoon, it has been postponed. We will come back to you with a later date and time. Amen, amen, amen. We thank and praise God. We thank him for his word. We pray that we'll be doers of the word, right? And not just here. Listen, God has favored all of us. And we need to walk in that favor. You need to understand that you've been blessed. 
And God has blessed you not just to be blessed, but he's blessed you that you might be a blessing to someone else. Leave out of here with that on your heart. Who can I bless this week? Who can I be a blessing to? This is a time that we want to bless folk anyway, right? And really, we should be doing this all year, year long. It's blessing people, being a blessing. So we thank and praise God for all that he does. When I said you stand to your feet, those who desire prayer would come down to the throne of grace. Thank you, Lord. eternal and everlasting father we come to you this morning god we we thank you and we praise you god for lord you are such a good god father and we honor you this morning god simply be because you are god and god all by yourself we thank you father for your word we thank you for what your word does in our lives god and lord we just pray right now heavenly father lord that god we would be moved that we be motivated, Father, to leave out of here and to share this gospel, Lord, with those, Heavenly Father, Lord, who need to hear the gospel, that need to see the gospel demonstrated, Father. I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that we will leave out of here with love in our hearts, Father. That God will use that love, Heavenly Father, Lord, to be able to touch someone's life, God, I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that you would make us less selfish, God. That we would become selfless, God, in our approach, Father. Because we understand the magnitude of the mission, God. We know the importance of the message. That, God, we are to go and to make disciples, Lord. So God, we're asking that you'll bless us today. That Lord, you'll keep us by your grace, God. We know that it's by your magnificent grace that we're here this morning. And we know that it's grace that will carry us throughout this week, God. It's your mercy, Heavenly Father, Lord, that assures that we're here. And so Father, we pray right now, Heavenly Father, that you would touch each individual, God. Because, Lord, I don't know what they're going through, but, Lord, you know. And so, God, I'm asking you right now that you would touch, Heavenly Father, Lord, that tender area, Heavenly Father, Lord. Touch that area, Heavenly Father, Lord, that, that may be rebelling against you, God. God, I, I pray right now that, God, you, you bring a spirit of conviction, Heavenly Father, Lord that will cause us to repent, Father, to turn back towards you, Father. 
God, now I ask that you'll touch those who are on our sick and shut-in list, God. I bless your name today, Heavenly Father, Lord. I ask that you'll touch every name that was called, Father. And even those that were not called, Father. Bless us, God, and we shall be blessed, God. We honor you today. Now, Father, keep us until we come again, Father. If it be thy holy will, Father. Till we meet again, Father. Bless us and we shall be blessed. It is in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and thank God. Now may the grace of God, the love of Jesus, and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, may it rest, rule, and abide with us now, hence and forevermore. Let every heart sing.